Uh-huh. Let's get it. Yeah. 205. Podcast shouts to Spotify and it's Blake. Doing that and thing. WWA. Yo, 205 baby. Let's get it. That's right. You heard it right. If you've been living underneath a rock at this point, uh, Spotify has bought out Anchor. So Spotify, the new uh, boss is in charge of the podcast platform. And uh, I look forward to being able to utilize some new tools and such like that. Either way, getting into 205 Live tonight, we got uh, Drake Maverick giving us essentially some rundown of what's going to take place during the show. We're going to have a fatal four-way match between uh, Cedric Alexander, Umberto Carrillo, Akira Tozawa, and Leo Rush. And that's going to decide who's going to go forward to take on Buddy Murphy or who's going to be next to take on Buddy Murphy for the Cruiserweight Championship. All four of these guys really need no introduction outside of Umberto Carrillo as far as the 205 Live roster goes. But Drake Maverick said that everybody that's in the match deserves a title opportunity uh, in their own rights and respects. I can I can agree with that. You know, uh, Carrillo is still fairly unproven on 205. But at the same time, he did take a Grand Metal League and the Cruiserweight champion uh, to, I wouldn't say to the limit, but he definitely loved well, the Grand Metal League match was awesome, and uh, it was it was also great against the Cruiserweight Champion. But all in all, he proved to be more than capable. We know that Leo is, uh, you know, he's on Raw. He's a major component as to why uh, Bobby Lashley, the Almighty, is the Intercontinental Champion right now. Uh, Akira Tozawa is going in with the most momentum. Obviously, he's coming off of a couple of big wins. He has the experience in this corner of the Brian Kendrick and Cedric Alexander. He he wants the title back. It's very obvious he wants the title back, and we're going to see exactly what he's willing to uh, showcase tonight for us on the road to getting that title back, on the road to WrestleMania. All these things said and shed. It's also a very funny thing. We didn't get the full itinerary of the show, so I'm I'm... Sensing, you know, my new ever senses are going off. And, uh, hey, we're not necessarily getting everything that's going to happen. That means there are going to be some shocks and surprises in store. So, let's go ahead and get into the most exciting hour of television. Start the night off with Mike Canellas taking on the Brian Kendrick. We know Mike Canellas lost, uh, well, he took, a, he took a loss to Kalisto last week. Even though the Lucha House Party had a little bit to do with it, we had Maria Canellas on commentary again. I don't know whose birthday it was, but that's always a treat. Uh, you know, First Lady was uh, speaking. Aiden had a real, uh, the story was fairly in the commentary, you know. Like, Aiden saying, What's, when's, uh, when's Mike Canellas going to pick up a victory? You know, when's he going to, you know, uh, start really reaching for the brass ring in so many words. And Marie Canellis is uh, defending her husband, brings up the idea of wins and losses, and, uh, you know, had a lot of real quick comebacks and zingers uh, for Aiden, which, who did great, by the way, as far as, you know, being newer on the commentary team, and I thought he did, like I said, I, did, I think he did a good job, and Maria, of course, held it down for a man, that's how, it's, that's how it's supposed to work, you know, it's the power of love, and it was truly showcased on commentary throughout that match so uh, you know uh, going and looking at the competitors you know again we got a former cruiserweight champion man of the 
ton of experience in the Brian Kendrick. And, you know, going against Mike Canellis, it looked like Brian Kendrick was going in as the favorite. So uh, they had a fair bout. It's funny because the power of love gimmick could almost be uh, jokingly referenced to the idea of Mike Canellis wearing his heart on his sleeve. A couple of spots where he had the momentum on his side, you would see him not just pander to the crowd, but he would taunt Brian Kendrick, telling him it was his ring, it's his show, you know, things like that. But this would give uh, the Brian Kendrick the space to get well mount his own form of offense. The main story of the match was Mike Canellas having enough to beat Brian, well, the Brian Kendrick, but. He just didn't, only because he was being too emotionally charged. If Brian Kendrick kicks out of a move, don't be mad. Stay on top of him. We hear commentary talk about it all the time in storyline. So, with all of the attacks and offense that Mike Canales was able to uh, mount and land on the Brian Kendrick Brian Kendrick was able to reverse out of Mike Kanellis' finishing maneuver and hit a slice bread number two. Real great spot outside of the ring leading up to that a couple of moments beforehand where it was a back body drop, uh, side slam, a back body drop off. But Brian Kendrick went for it, uh, slice bread number two. Outside, he was going to run up the post and land uh, Mike Kanellis on the mat. Mike Kanellis was able to just lift him up and then slam him down on the mat. It was a moment where the first lady uh, jumped in front of the announce table before the Brian Kendrick could throw Mike Kanellis into it, you know, standing up for a man, holding him down, trying to defend him in the way that she could. But like I said, ultimately, Brian Kendrick was able to get the man back in the ring. He picked him up kind of slow. Brian Kendrick was down and out, seemingly, but Mike Kanellis just wasn't on top of him. I don't know if it was fatigue or whatever else, but he picked him up slow, and when he began to go for the finisher maneuver, uh, D. Brian Kendrick was able to spin out of it, land slice bird number two for the one, two, three victory, so I'm not too sure what direction uh, either one of these gentlemen are going to go in uh, after this, but Maria Canellas raised a lot of good points about, you know, the win, and the win happening eventually, and when it does happen, it's going to be something that we all in the WWE universe will remember for years to come. I actually want to believe her. I'll I'll bring up something that I can recall with Mike and Maria Canellas on what I believe was Raw, uh, I guess well over a year ago now, back with Sami Zayn, who should be returning soon from injury in time. Get well, Sami. We miss you, man. But uh, they had their running storyline briefly, and... He had, he, Sami Zayn ended up getting a flower pot or a vase, glass vase crashed on the back of his head because of his running with uh, the Canellises. So, you know, this is, this is an idea of just what they are capable of. They are destructive. They can be a crazy pair, you know, and, just, you know, given the right amount of time, I think these guys are going to be able to really begin meshing to, with the product more so. And... We're going to see really cool things from them in the future. It's the new era. I still believe. Brian Kendrick picked up the victory. He has some momentum on his side. And next time we see him, I'm pretty sure it'll be a cool showcase. So let's get into the next segment. 
We step out of the storyline and step into the boardroom for a minute. Hideo Itami was granted his release from World Wrestling Entertainment. And we wish him all the best in his future endeavors. Thank you, Hideo. I know things weren't uh, the most illustrious, but I've heard great things about your NXT run. The injury was a, a very hard blow, but uh, to go back to Japan and continue honing your craft, maybe one day uh, the door will be opened again and you can get the respect from the WWE Universe that you so rightfully deserve. For all those things being said and shit, let us leave the boardroom and head back into the storyline because last week on 205 Live, Arya Davari turned on that man and as far as the storyline is concerned, made him quit. So now we ain't gonna see him no more. I mean, Arya Davari. How many times was he there? This is what we hearing from him backstage. How many times did he have to help him out? And and, and now we're here. So Arya Davari is gonna go and take some respect for himself, and we're just gonna have to see how his character continues to develop in the coming weeks on the most excited hour of television. Moving forward, we have the Fatal 4-Way match coming up next between Umberto Carrillo, Cedric Alexander, Leo Rush, and Akira Tozawa. They all uh, had backstage segments claiming they, you know, stake or staking they claim in the match, and why they can win, everyone had something real cool to say, everyone had a, a real point to make, uh, contrary to what I believed, Humberto Carrillo believes that he took Buddy Murphy to the limit, Akira Tozawa never was able to face Buddy Murphy one-on-one, -on -one. Leo Rush thinks that uh, he's he has the advantage over all three superstars, Cedric, he says that the age, excuse me, the age of Alexander is over. We'll see about that. Uh, he said that he or, he's already 2-0 and on Akira Tozawa, and Humberto Carrillo isn't even, uh, isn't really supposed to, he's, in, he's not ready to perform at the level that 205 Live competitors perform at. Like, he's not ready to perform there. So, uh, Leo has a fear claiming it all, and, uh, you know, Cedric knows that he's put in everything that he could put in to the Cruiserweight division, so he's not going to stop until the Cruiserweight championship is essentially back home around his waist. Uh, it sounds good. I know that the match is going to be a crazy one. It's going to be a lot of good spots. I anticipate it, so let's get right on into it. Whoa. Remember last week when... Noam Dar and the premier athlete Tony Nese got into it uh, backstage the park, well, in the parking lot area. Parking lot bro took place between the two. Tony Nese won. And we figured we were going to be able to see a match between the two, you know, this week on 205 Live. But that didn't happen. Drake Maverick suspended that man because of his actions. Hard spot to be in. Tony Nese was all over social media. Uh, upset about it, still fuming, and uh, it's understandable, you know, the boss was in a tough spot and had to make a decision that was best for the roster. I guess he was thinking about Noam Dar's health above anything, and uh, the message was clearly sent to Tony Nese that you, 
have to go about getting a match with somebody in a different fashion, not just blindsiding them in the parking lot of all places. I guess. I don't know, but this is, you know, this is what the story looks like to me. So, Tony Nese is suspended. Don't know when they're going to be able to get the match, so to say. And we'll uh, continue on with the show because then backstage we do see Drake Maverick. And uh, he's speaking with, well, speaking with and denying the submission commission their uh, request to escort Humberto Carrillo down to ringside and be in his corner for the match. Uh, why is he being denied? Well, we know that the submission commission, uh, you know, you know, we could call them the politicians in storyline, but they're also the very bad influences, if you will. They're just going to uh, try to uh, corrupt that pure soul into being a running mate with them and doing or utilizing underhanded tactics and probably trying to ground that man as opposed to letting him do his uh, death-defying stunts in the ring, which is, eh. So I can understand the general manager denying that request and Drew like you know, you know, says to him, if uh, he goes down the wrong path, then it's on you. I'm pretty sure Drake Maverick could take the chance. It's uh, quite all right. They leave. Well, hold on. Just to put some, uh, got to put some love on Gentleman Jack Gallagher. All of it happens, you know, tone, uh, excuse me, Drew Gulak is the mouthpiece. So uh, Gentleman Jack is always standing there. I believe this is maybe the second, maybe third week in a row that I can at least remember. Where all little words have taken place. And at the very end, you just have Gentleman Jack there looking and shaking his head in disgust. It's really, really funny stuff, in my opinion. It gives a little bit more depth to Gentleman Jack's character. Just just the, the fighting Englishman, you know, that is silently judging, <laughs> you know, but it's it's really comical. It's good stuff, like I said. Um, so, in comes Storming in, Noam Dar. Hey, hey, everybody, I'm good to cl- I'm cleared to wrestle. I can still fight. Doctor said everything is just fine. Uh, General Matt, well, Gen- well, Drake Maverick says, all right, cool, we'll get back to him. But before he could even really get into any of his words, Noam Dar demands a match with Tony Nese. doesn't even demand that he says it's already going to happen next week because apparently he's suspended this week. But uh, General Manager Drake Maverick is like, no, clearly he's suspended. can't happen. We'll just have to figure, that, figure something else out. We all know as... As men and women, you know, that are in this pure essence of combat sport, you know, fighting. We can't just let someone run up on us and then beat us down. And then we just, you know, tuck a tail and walk off like nothing happened. No, 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 no. So clearly, uh, Noam Dar wants to match. He talked Drake Maverick into it. So next week on 205 Live. We're going to get the premier athlete, Tony Nese, taking on the Scottish supernova, Noam Dar, hold it, in a no disqualifications match. 205 Live has some of the most brutal physicality that WWE has to offer on a weekly television basis. Taking nothing away from Raw and SmackDown and definitely taking nothing away from any of the events or pay-per-views that take place but 205 Live has been 
really getting a reputation for having very physical bouts. And in a no disqualification match between a powerhouse like Tony Nese and a crafty uh, thoughtsmith like Noam Dar, who knows what could take place. The possibilities are truly endless. I guess the only limit in this case would be your imagination because there's no disqualifications. I'm excited for that match, but for right now, I'm much more excited about this fatal four-way. Who's going to determine, uh, well, that's going to determine, pardon me, who's going to be taking on the cruiserweight juggernaut Buddy Murphy at Elimination Chamber week on Sunday, streaming live on the network. So, for real, for real now, let's go ahead and get into it. Not only is this a fatal four-way match, pardon me for not saying it, but it's a fatal four-way elimination match. Started off with uh, Leo talking smack to all three of the superstars that he's going to be opposing. And they all basically try to jump him, and Leo used every bit of his quickness. I wouldn't say everything in his arsenal, but he used a lot of, a lot of quick moves to get out of the way and he had a huge form of offense for a major amount of the first quarter of the match. He uh, went for a final hour, had to punch Cedric Alexander off of the uh, apron so he can continue and once he went for it, uh, Akira Tozawa was able to roll out of the way. Leo lands on his feet but uh, Cedric Grunt runs in the ring, Leo gets pushed into Cedric and, and gets uh, hit with a lumbar check. One, two, three. Leo Rush has been eliminated first by way of Cedric Alexander, earning the first elimination. Fair amount of offense from the three remaining competitors in the ring. Uh, it was a good spots moment, quick moment of seeming injury. Cedric Alexander went up for a springboard clothesline on uh, Carrillo and uh, slipped off the ropes, just had a missed time or a missed cue and uh, landed awkwardly, but was ab able to get the clothesline in, but uh, definitely tweaked his knee. This, uh, this uh, slowed him down, clearly, but uh, uh, it, it, it next, the elimination sequence was uh, Umberto Carrillo going up to the top with Akira Tozawa and uh, had the balance on the ropes ropes, and uh, what was it, Tozawa was able to uh, Punch him in the back of the knee, you know, on the Achilles. The man fell uh, in the way that he bounced off the top rope and basically moonsaulted the mat, backflipped onto the mat, uh, turned around in prime position for uh, Tozawa's jumping senton, which got him to one, two, three. So it comes down to Akira Tozawa and Cedric Alexander. Cedric got a lot of great offense in. Akira Tozawa apparently has the nickname the uh, Stamina King, something like that. But he definitely proved it. He was able to take everything that Cedric Alexander threw at him and ultimately reverse out of the lumbar check a number of times. A lot of diff definite uh, spots where it seemed like he was uh, going to take the move, even... Uh, showing that he was fatigued and uh, when he go for a backflip to reverse out of it, he was even falling over, not to call it a, a botched move or anything like that because it definitely added to the match. 
it seemed like he was uh, taking a punishment and he was able to deal with it and, you know, really, really bring out that win. He had a reverse uh, hurricanrana, like an inverted rana. I think that's what a uh, commentary called it. And he uh, got Cedric into the corner in prime position for the uh, jumping senton. And he got almost as much height as he got on the first one against Umberto Carrillo. But uh, this time around, it was a great spot right by the WrestleMania sign. It is going to be, that was a beautiful spot for uh, whatever we are treated with come time for WrestleMania. But right now on the road to WrestleMania, uh, one of the first stop, I think, is Elimination Chamber. We're going to see Akira Tozawa taking on Buddy Murphy. Again, well, for the Cruiserweight Championship. It's a week from Sunday. Shouts to Tom. Oh, wait, pause. Well, yeah, shouts to the Scumbags Wrestling, Royal Club Wrestling. You know, the fans not experts, Brandon and Mike. Shouts to all these guys that bring you the uh, podcast each and every week. And uh, before the show uh, ended off, we met with Buddy Murphy saying that not only is he going to see, well, he's not going to see past the Kiritazawa a week from Sunday at Elimination Chamber. He's going to see through him to retain uh, his Cruiserweight Championship and continue to lay claim that he is the best Cruiserweight of all time. So, and we're going to see how that all takes place. This has been an awesome week of WWE television. A lot of uh, really fun developments. And I can't wait until next week so we can really start uh, getting excited for the Elimination Chamber. So, this is Blake. Applaud, 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 applaud. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, Be sure to share this. Tell everybody to download Anchor now because guess what? Spotify uh, bought them out. So, it's going to be some awesome things. Anchor is going to be the go-to. I think we might start saying that now. So, with all that being said, I will catch you guys next week. Wait. If you missed any of this, and I'm talking about the full product, ensure that you tune into this week in WWE on Fridays at, I believe, 7.30. Go do that on the WWE Network. Get the network now if you didn't. Peace.